Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook Noble, and I'm here to enjoy the journey of financial freedom and talk to you and teach you and work with you and be partners with you on all the topics of finance and financial matters that give you stress, keep you awake at night, or just generally have you confused. So our show here, we try, what we do is we take all that confusion away, we take all that stress away, I hope. That's our plan, that's our intention, so that you can understand your own stuff and just enjoy what you got and, and have a enjoyable life, stress-free, and knowing that you have a good grasp on your financials and understanding them. Because, like I always tell everybody, you don't need to understand mine or your neighbors or your cousins or the guy on TV or anybody else's finances. You only need to know yours. And everybody else isn't sharing all their stuff with you anyway. So all these people that are keeping up with the Joneses and the neighbors and the Facebook friends that, you know, all 5,321 Facebook friends that you have, keeping up with them, I can guarantee you they're not all giving you the full picture. So don't stress about that. We don't need to worry about paying for boats and yachts and motorhomes and all that stuff when we don't want them anyway. And if you want a boat, then we work that into your plan and your finances. But if I, if you don't want a boat, why are you worried about it? And that's what I like to tell people in my, my day job as a financial advisor and as a bookkeeper. I like to keep reminding everyone because it's very, very easy in this day and age and with all this technology for us to really get focused on what we think everybody else has or what we think we should have. And that's key because a lot of times when you talk to someone or even if you just have a conversation with yourself and you ask, what is it that you really want and what is it that retirement looks like to you and what does financial freedom look like to you? And is it, is your answer something that you want and that you believe what you tell me or what you tell yourself? Or is it something you feel like you should want because of what you see on TV or on the Internet or on Facebook or whatever? Because a lot of times people really get caught in what they think they should have. And it's it's done very innocently. Like sometimes you don't even know. You just you think that you should want to travel or you think that you should have a million dollars saved up when you retire. You think you should want to retire at 60 instead of 65, but the reality is you, you like what you do and you want to work till 70. Well, that's okay too, but the the challenge is when, when we have an honest conversation with yourself or with somebody like me, it's what is it you really want, not what do you think you should want. And sometimes that's hard to do and, and hard to answer. So that's one of the things I really like to encourage people to think about. What is it that you really want instead of what you think you want or what you sh think you should want? Because um, once you figure that out, it's so much easier and so much less stress on yourself to just do what in, what you enjoy and what makes you happy and what motivates you. So what you want, not what you think you should want. And that is just going to open up a whole lot of happiness for you. So that's what we do here on the Inspired Choices Network is we just open up. I like to think we open up the door to happiness and and make your life easier and more comfortable and a lot nicer to navigate through because it's like you have your friends here at the Inspired Choices Network 
whether you've met us in person as a host or you've talked to us uh, either by email or by calling in, uh, whatever the case is, um, we're all here on the network as one big team to help you navigate the happy and fulfilled life that you're looking for, be it financially, spiritually, uh, health-wise, um, energy-wise. There's all kinds of great opportunities for you to, to dial in and find the host that's going to help you with one particular issue or problem or or opportunity that you're looking to get some help with. And I would encourage you to have a listen and and run by the uh, website, the inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. And you can listen to archive shows or you can talk to us or you can look us up or you can just, uh, um, you know, have a look and see what you don't want to listen to. And you can decide on that, too. But uh, I encourage you to really there's a lot of great information and articles on our magazine and our live shows and as well as on the podcast because we are podcasting over 50 places out there in the cyber world. So the reality is you have opportunities to really make your life um, fulfilled and successful as much as you want it to be. So tonight I talk about finances, but another night you could listen to somebody else talk about parenting skills or talk about um speaking with angels or getting uh there's the pleasure zone there's all kinds of great shows for you on the network and it will speak to you on the days that you need it so tonight we're talking finances and we're talking about your finances we're not talking about your neighbors your cousins your second you know friends neighbors cousins twice removed you're talking about your finances and every week we take one topic and i like to think we break it down into easy, small bites that we can digest ourselves and understand because that's what finance should be. And I think it's very easy for everybody to understand. And those people that make it complicated are just making it complicated for their sake, not yours. So I believe we just break it down and make it nice and easy and uncomplicated so you understand the stuff for you because you certainly can. And tonight we're going to talk about shareholder agreements. So for any of you that are in business, are thinking about being in business, who have been in business for a long time, who are in a partnership or looking to be in a partnership, or you've been in a partnership for a long time and you have not done a shareholder agreement, you don't know what it is, and you're thinking, well, I don't really need it because I'm in partners with my cousin, my sister, my friend, my my parents, my uncle, my my best friend from childhood, whatever the case is, we don't go into any relationship, and when I'm talking relationships, I mean any relationship. A friendship relationship, a dating relationship, a work relationship, a mentoring relationship, whatever the case it may be, we don't go into any relationship thinking that this isn't going to work. We go into a, well, most of us don't. Maybe you do. There's some, I, I did see how to lose a guy in 10 days. So there is some possibilities that, that people go into a relationship on purpose. But uh, let's be honest. If you're going into a relationship with Matthew McConaughey, why do you want to lose him on purpose? But hey, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other show. <laughs> and I'll leave that for Keisha because that's her area. <laughs> so tonight we're going to talk about when you go into a relationship, and whether, whatever kind of relationship it is, we go in with the best intentions. And we hope that the partner we're going in with is also going in with the best intentions. So now we're going to go together and we're going to start our business. Or maybe we're already in a business. And this applies to both. 
This is not a, oh, I should have done it before. We've already been in business for a year, a month, six weeks, 10 years, don't care what it is, that you it's too late. It's not too late. If you are just getting ready to go into business with somebody, then this is a good opportunity for you to do it and get it all in place. Now, why? what is, why do we need a shareholder agreement? Well, a shareholder agreement is something very simple. If you and I are in business together, then we each own shares in the business. And this is an agreement that we're going to make on how we're going to run the business. And that very simply means that we've worked hard. We're going to work really hard. We've worked hard to set this up. We've worked hard to put the operation details together. We've probably put a business plan together. We may have applied for financing, either to get a loan to buy equipment or maybe uh, to hire people, or maybe it's just you and me and we're just renting an office right now. No matter what, we have put work in and we have talked about it, we've thought about it, and we want to work really hard to ensure that we're going to be successful. And once the business gets started, or maybe it's already started and we've had some success and some sales and it's starting to grow, we want to make sure we protect it. And we're not protecting it in the event, I mean, we are, but we're not protecting it in the event that I don't think that I'm going to trust you one day and you don't. You think you're not going to trust me one day. We're protect, protecting it from the sense that um, if one of us dies unexpectedly or if one of us gets seriously ill and can't work, or if something does happen that we just don't like each other anymore, or if there's a breakdown in a marriage, then what happens to the business? We want to make sure we're protecting it against any uh, nasty divorce proceedings. So there's a lot of things that can happen. What if we want, what if somebody offers to buy it, our business? What if we're doing really well and somebody comes along and wants to buy the business? Like, you know, at Amazon. And, you know, if Jeff Bezos called, that would be so cool. I would just be super excited if Jeff Bezos ever called me for anything. FYI, if you're out there, Jeff, you can call me anytime. Um, but if Jeff called and he says, hey, Amazon wants to buy your business, well, we need to know what our agreement is as partners and how we're supposed to handle that and what we've planned for each other. So a shareholder agreement is never going to be perfect. No agreement is ever going to be perfect. <laughs> but we do our best to ensure the big events that could happen. So think of it as a, uh, it's similar to a prenup agreement with the marriage. So you have a prenuptial agreement. We're going to get married and this is what's going to happen if in the course of the marriage it dissolves and this is how it's going to dissolve, but we're hoping that we never have to use that. So it's it, it covers off stuff like that too. So now we're looking at a shareholder agreement. We're saying, okay, we're going to be in business together, but we want to make sure it's not just about if we need to dissolve it because we want to sell the business or we want to just stop working in it or we're going to retire. And if you and me are in business and I'm not the same age as you, I might be older or younger, maybe I want to retire earlier or later. How's that going to look? What happens if we have kids that want to come into the business? What happens if we have a spouse that wants to come into the business? We're going to talk about all these different things in advance and we're going to we're going to have a shareholder agreement to say, hey, this is how the structure of our company is going to work. And this is what's going to happen when these incidents come up. This, so if, for example, somebody gets sick and can't work anymore, we're going to have a clause in there that says that the other partner has the ability to carry on and there might be a policy in place 
where, and this is really cool, where, and I know we're not talking about insurance tonight, but we have in the past and we will in the future because it's one of my favorite topics because it does so many great things to replace income so you don't have to stress about losing your investments and your savings. So I like to say, hey, if we can have an insurance policy and let somebody else replace my income and not me stress about it, all better for everybody. But that might be something in our shareholder agreement where we agree that we're each going to have an insurance policy on each other. So if something does happen that I, you know, one of the partners dies suddenly or has uh, um, an illness, there might be a critical illness policy on them that pays them out to, to get healthy while the other person has the ability to run the business. Or if the person passes away suddenly, then that might be the money that goes to the family to pay the family out their portion of the business so the business can easily transition to the new partner or they can use some of that money to hire somebody while they're getting the part, the business um, position filled that you were, that you as a partner were filling. So there's all kinds of things that we're going to talk about tonight. And if you haven't already guessed, I think they're really important. So I'm going to tell you right up front, I always worry about partnerships because in business, and I'm talking in business now, um, so if my husband's listening, I am not worried at all about our partnership. <laughs> I only worry about partnerships when it comes to business. So the reason I worry about partnerships when it comes to business is because there are always more people involved than the two entering the partnership agreement. So if you and your best friend from childhood are entering into a business, and you get married and your partner gets married, your business partner is married or gets married during the course of the partnership, or you have children during the course of the partnership and they grow up and they have an interest in the business, or you get divorced and a new part, new um, spouse comes on the scene. There's all kinds of combinations that can change the relationship that you have. And that means there's other people influencing you and your partner at all times, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. You always have influencers around you. And that's why I I, wor- I say worry, maybe not the right word, but I do put some concern into partnerships that don't have a a partnership or a shareholder agreement because of those exact reasons. You have a lot of influences around you. You have different influences today that you had 10 years ago, and I suspect you're going to have different influences in 10 years that you have today. So these are all the same reasons that I think you want to have a nice, laid out, easy partnership or shareholder agreement that says, these are the things we do, A, B, C, and D, and if A, B, C, and D don't work, we're going to resolve it in this these one, two, three different scenarios or ways we do it. That's really what a partnership is. It lays out how we're going to proceed, and I'll tell you, the beauty of a partnership, people worry because even like a prenup, they're worried, I don't want to insult you, I'm not, this isn't because I think things are going to go bad. No, this is to preserve when things go really well and we keep things on track. And it's to give everybody peace of mind so that if there is an issue, we already know how to resolve it. There's going to be, it doesn't mean that we're going to not be friends or we're not going to be partners. It already tells us, hey, we already have a system in place on how we're going to resolve conflict, either through we're going to hire a mediator and we're going to let a third party decide if you and I can't agree on a major point in the business, like whether we move to a bigger building, whether we expand, whether we buy another building. We're going to have some sort of conflict resolution process. And that's huge, 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 because isn't it nice to know that we can proceed as businesses and business owners and friends knowing we've already got the system laid out so we don't have to worry about what's going to happen. And we're going to talk about all that tonight. We are going to take our first break. 
and then we are going to carry on and I'm going to give you some some tips on what we should look for, why we have partnership agreements, and then we're going to talk about what's actually included in these agreements. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to talk about shareholder agreements and how they can be your best friend with your best friend. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815 880 8255. Canada 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back everyone. I am Kathy Cook Noble and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about shareholder agreements. And just before we went to our break, I was mentioning why I think they're important. And I sometimes I know people have a little bit resistance on having agreements because they're afraid to tell people that, well, just in case things don't work out. But I like to say, why are we looking at them in case they don't work out? What if they do? What if they do work out? What if you go into business with your best friend from childhood or your neighbor or your cousin or your sister? What if you guys go into business and what if things work out? Like, let's say, for example, two people we might recognize, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. These two buddies from school hung out and they started this little company called Apple in the garage of Steve Jobs' parents. So these two buddies decided to start a a company. And what happens if it works out? Now, I'm going to say that Apple worked out pretty, pretty well for Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. So Steve, both Steves, the company explodes, does super well. Now, you don't have to go this far and high, but you can if you want to. If that's your dream, why wouldn't you? But these guys take this company public. 
They make billions and billions of dollars and they've done really, really well. Do you think they did that without having partnership and shareholder agreements at some point? Of course not. They got it all together and they said, okay, what happens if things don't work? Sure, there's going to be clauses in there that that, that happens. But what happens if it does? How are we going to handle things? Uh, are, when do we bring new people in? How are we going to decide? Um, because a lot of people, when, you know, they talk about companies going public, and that just simply means that they're now traded on the stock market. And you can buy shares in the company. So you can be an, essentially an owner of Apple if you want to. But um, not everybody aspires to that. But if you do, great, why not? Most people that are aspiring to that, though, when they start out, they don't know how to do that. They need help. And they get people to help them that that's what they do. So we get help all along when we're growing in business. You know, sometimes we, in my world, people, well, they get to a certain point and they can't do their bookkeeping because they just can't keep up with it. When you go into a certain type of business, in their case, they go into a, a computer business. It starts out making computers. Their their passion and their goal is to build computers and sell computers. They're not really interested. You're not really interested as a partner, but you have to be because it's your job now as the business owner. You have to be interested in hiring people and how to do manage your human resources. And you're also now having to learn what it's like to have a lease if you're going to rent a place or or if you're going to purchase a place and you have a, a share a purchase agreement when you buy the property. You're going to have to learn about entering into agreements for borrowing money. You're going to have to learn about what kind of um, ministry of labor requirements are for training and different stages of it. Like these are all things that happen when you're in business. And yes, you're going to have to pay your bills and send out invoices and collect your money. And a lot of the time people get to the point where they hire somebody to do the bookkeeping. And then that's where I come in and we do their bookkeeping while they're going through their business running the stuff that they really like. In this case, they're doing computers. So at some point, Steve and Steve got a bookkeeper, I'm sure. And they probably got an HR person to look after hiring. And they probably got an IT person to make sure the computer's their networks were always working. So as you grow, these things happen. But at some point, they had a, a shareholder agreement to say, hey, you and me, we're buddies, but we're also owning this company, and it's going to show us what we need to do. There's going to be a whole checklist of things that you're going to talk about. So some are simple, some are not, but none of them are going to cover absolutely everything that happens. The idea is this is going to be a really good framework for you guys to run your business. So and a lot of it, you know, the lawyers draw it up. And again, when you get into business, you're not a lawyer, you're not an accountant, you're not an HR expert, you're not a marketing person. You can't be everything. That's why we hire people, right? So what happens is in a shareholder agreement, there's basically four reasons that you want to have, four things you want to have clearly written out and that builds a strong relationship. So one of them is the process. And the process is you're going to go through the agreement. It forces you to think and talk to each other about all the major scenarios you could face in the partnership. Just like I said, hey, I want to take it public. My partner's thinking, no, I just want to be a small, you know, mom and pop shop that has no more than five employees. I want to take it public and have a thousand. These are great conversations that we're going to have as partners. And these are the things we're going to cover. It also assures us as partners that we have a complete and common understanding. 
So this avoids any assumptions. I'm thinking we're on the same page, going in the same direction, and it resolves a lot of potential issues that could be a bit contentious. And it's all done at the beginning of the relationship. So isn't that nice? We now know that we're on the road together, and I see a lot of this. Um, I, you know, coming from a family business, there's there can be a lot of problems and turmoil and misunderstandings. And I see, I saw it a lot. I see it a lot in family businesses because now you're dealing with family members so there's a lot of assumptions and it should all be done whether we're blood related or not it should all be done business is business and treat the business like a business uh second uh point that we we have for why we want to one of the reasons for doing the agreement is we want to be have a very clear record of what we agree to partners so we can't count on the fact that things aren't going to change because things are going to change so if something happens to um, your partner's spouse or a child or a family member that yeah, they have to take care of, that's going to affect your partner. Things are going to change. So we always have to be clear with what we agree to. So we understand that when something comes along, we can implement it and say, hey, let's look to the agreement. What was our intention? What was our path that we were on? And another reason that we want to have it is because no partnership lasts forever. And I've always believed this is when I said before that I was slightly worried or I concerned myself with partnership. It's because no partnership lasts forever. And at some po- they always break down at some point or another. And whether it's a marriage, whether it's a business partnership, what ha- wants to happen, though, is you want it to unwind quickly, fairly, and as cheaply as possible without this without destroying each other and without destroying the underlying value in the business. So our goal is when the partnership doesn't work anymore, that it doesn't destroy each other and the business. And we can all think of people that that's happened to on a local scale with a a small business or a family business, or we can even think of big businesses where that's happened, like the McCain brothers, that family broke apart and they, they went their own separate ways and does not they don't have Christmas dinner together anymore. So that's the other one of the threats. Our third point, our fourth point on why we want to have this is because it's your success plan. So uh, success actually creates more conflict between the partners than the failure does. So that means as we grow in money and success and popularity and fame and fortune, whatever you want to look at, that can cause more conflict. Because now we have a lot more money, a lot more people, a lot more responsibility that we're dealing with. And we want to make sure that this is our success plan. So it's going to address important matters uh, and when they need to be done. Like, for example, how, here's a big one that you need to think about. This is what your partnership agreement is going to tell you. How are we going to distribute the cash or the profits when we have lots of profits? So here we are working our butts off. We're doing a good job. We're making lots of money. How are we going to distribute it? Because as we make more money, we might start to think, you know, remember we have these influencers. We might have somebody at home saying to us, gosh, you seem to work a lot more hours than your partner does. Or why is it you're the only, always the one getting called when the alarm goes off at the office with the security company? Or why are you the one that always has to, to do the hiring? Or it seems like you're the one who always has to take the money to the bank and do the deposits. Seems like you're doing extra work. So if you have these things happening, then all of a sudden we're making lots of money and we have profit of $100,000, how are we going to split this? Is it going to be 50-50? Or I think I deserve more. I've been working harder. 
or you think you deserve more because it was your idea and your brain works better. Whatever the case is, we're going to say, hey, you know what, we've already thought about that because we've got a success plan. We've got a shareholder agreement. So we already know how that's going to be split. Done. So we don't have to have any conflict. We don't have to stew about it because we, you and I both know, all of us out there, anyone listening, we know that when you have to have an uncomfortable conversation with somebody, you don't jump out of bed in the morning and be like, right on, can't wait to get to it. I realized last night I got to have this uncomfortable conversation with somebody. I can't wait to get to it and get it done. I'm so excited, looking forward to it. That does not happen. What happens is we end up stewing about it for a while. We end up running the scenario through our head six ways and upside down and sideways to see what could possibly be said. What could I say? How would I respond? What should I say? How should I start it? Am I going to say this is going to come off confrontational? Are they going to be mad? Are we going to still be friends afterwards? We go through all these things. Every single person does, whether it's through breaking up in a relationship or disagreeing with somebody that you care about, uh, about something that you should have a conversation about. You know, I don't like the shoes. You know, I don't like the direction of the company. I don't like the color that you chose for our logo. Whatever the case is, we have to be able to talk about that. And that is another reason why we want to have the shareholder agreement because then we can just refer to it and say, you know what, um, I know that's not the direction that we're going in and I know that's the direction that we have on the shareholder agreement. So there's our system. Let's follow our system. So we always want to remember, you can do, you can always do anything you agree on, no matter what the agreement says. So the agreement is there to help you when you 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 aren't on the exact same page. So if as a partner, you and your partner agree that you love that logo or you love the color of the company or you love moving the company from this state or province to another state or province or you love the idea of expanding and adding a second store, that's great. That's perfect. That's what you want. It's when you don't agree. Then we can go to the agreement and say, okay, how do we resolve this? Because we have a system in place. When we agree, we can agree to anything, anytime. We're good to go. It's when we don't. And the best shareholder agreements are often put in a drawer and they're never looked at again because the level of communication that you had to go through and the common understanding that you had to have to put a good partnership agreement in place has been accomplished. And just the sheer process of doing it usually means you're never going to need it because you've gone through it and you've got a good, healthy, open line of communication. So do I think they're important? Absolutely. And those are the four main reasons why. So when we come back after our second break, we'll talk more about uh, what's in them and how we proceed with them. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we will continue to talk about the shareholder agreements and how they can make our businesses very happy. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Financially Speaking, and I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are on the Inspired Choices Network, where we reach out to every aspect of your life and take out the mystery, take out the stress, and help you to really get what you need when you need it. So I encourage you always to reach out and try different shows, listen to them. We all need different things at different times. Sometimes you need some financial advice. Sometimes you just need a uh, bit of energy to get through the day and understand how to get yourself re-energized. So reach out, find the show that looks and speaks to you. And there's some of you out there that are thinking, yeah, but I think I could do a really good job hosting my own show or they they don't have this particular topic that they should be having on the station. And you're right, we're always looking for more. So if you're out there and you're thinking, I have got this great idea, I've got this great skill or talent that I need to share, have to share. People should hear it. You're absolutely right. You do. And I would encourage you to don't wait. <laughs> I was going to say don't walk, run. But anyway, that's from another show. Uh, don't waste any time and get a hold of Christine McIver. She is our fearless leader here at the station. And she would be more than happy to talk to you about getting your own show. So, Yes, run, run to your computer. That's right. <laughs> so walk, don't, or run, don't walk. And so type, don't wait. <laughs> Get your computer and send Christine a message and say, I have this great idea for a show. I need to be a host. You need me as a host. And talk to her about uh, getting that set up. So the new year's coming. There's no time like the present to get yourself ready for the new year and on track and share all your, your genius with the rest of us. So um, there is my encouragement for you to think about getting yourself out there and sharing. Now, I'm going to share with you some shareholder agreement information. So what is um, what is in a shareholder agreement? So we talked about why we need it and we talked about the importance of it, but what's actually in it? So remember I said uh, a really good shareholder agreement you're not going to look at again because it's got, it, it's just forced you to go through the process and have this great open communication that you get to talk about absolutely everything so that you're not going to need it because you've already dealt with it. And which is really cool if you think about it. Instead of going through a relationship and, and thinking, well, if this ever comes up, we'll deal with it when it happens. What if you had this great engaged conversation and this open communication and you talked about all these what if this happens and I'm not even talking about a shareholder agreement. What if you talked about this in a relationship and you had all these, you know what, if we have kids, we'll deal with it when it comes up. 
or you know what we should we're, we want to have kids or we don't want to have kids whatever the answer is say you say to your partner you're like you know what yeah, we're going to get married, and what's that going to look like? Where are we going to live, and what kind of house do we want to live, and what kind of cars do we want to drive, and how many kids do we want, and how do we want to raise our kids? Are we going to, I mean, I live in Canada, so are we going to teach them French and English? Are they going to learn just English? Are they going to start in a French school? Because we have two official languages here. We have that opportunity. So these are all great conversations. Are we going to, are you a dog person? Are you a cat person? Are we interested in having a guinea pig or a goldfish? If we had all these conversations before, don't you think that that opens up the communication line so much nicer that it actually would prevent a lot of conflicts because we didn't talk about it. Oh, we should have talked about it. And now I don't know if he's a dog person or a cat person and I want to get a dog and maybe he or she doesn't like dogs. Oh my goodness. What if we had this great conversation before? Then we already know. We have a general roadmap. We have a success plan, which I absolutely love calling it a success plan because that's really what you have. It's the same in business. So we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about all these possibilities. Do we want to take it big and make it public or do we want to keep it at this size? Do we want to just grow to have 30 employees? How many stores? Three stores, two stores, one stores, franchise? What do we want to do? We're going to have all these great conversations. So when it comes up, it's there. So that's one of the great things about a shareholder agreement, the conversation and the communication that it opens up. So what's in it? So there's going to be a section in it that's going to talk about the business. Honestly, we knew that was coming, right? It's going to talk about the business. What is it? Is it an existing business? Is it a startup? If it's existed, uh, how much has each shareholder contributed so far financially? Do you get some points for sweat equity? You know what I mean? All these questions are going to be asked. Uh, what adjustments are going to be need to be made? Uh, what's our vision for the future? Like I just mentioned, public or not public? Are we going to invite more people in as partners? Do we want to franchise? What do we want to do? Right? How long do we want to be in the business? Do I want to get in and, and be out in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? Do I want to be there until the last day I'm alive? Um, is there a business plan? Are we going to do a business plan? What are the shareholder agreements to, to support the business plan? And we're going to set, they're going to be set out. All the things about the business are going to be in there. So then there's going to be a section about the legal entity. So the legal entity, what's the name? Is it incorporated? We talked about incorporations once on our show. And if you missed it and you want to hear about it, go back on our inspiredchoicesnetwork.com and look in the archives on incorporate or not to incorporate or not to incorporate. That was the show. So is it incorporated? Should it be incorporated? How's it been organized? Do we have a minute book? Uh, is there a corporate seal? Where is it all? Where are we carrying on business? Is it going to be across the country, across North America, across Europe, just in our city, our state, our province, whatever? Do we have an accountant? And if we do, who is it? And how do we find them? Then there's going to be this section called the, uh, All About Us, the Shareholders. This is where it's all about all about us, the owners. It's going to have our full name, and it's going to explain the share structure. So it's going to say whether we're 50-50, whether it's 60-40, however the case is. How many shares each person has? So if we have 100 shares, it's 50-50. I have 50, you have 50. Easy. Or um, maybe it's not that easy. Maybe there's 100 shares, I have 60, you have 40. And they're all paid for because I put more money in. Or maybe they're not paid for. Maybe I borrowed money and I haven't finished paying off and putting that money into the business. That's what the shareholder section is going to talk about. Then there's going to be a section about directors. And that's going to be somebody that they either you either hire, you appoint, whatever the case is, but they're going to direct the affairs of the company. 
right? Somebody's got to be in charge. How many are there? How they selected? Who are they? What are their addresses? And what is their citizenship? Because if in Canada, if, for example, you're setting up a company in Canada, one of the directors has to be a Canadian resident. So that's one of the things that we have to make sure we're on board with and we are complying with all the laws. Then we're going to have a section about officers and these are the people that manage the day-to-day business. So how many are there? What titles do they have? Do we have a president, a secretary, a vice president? We don't have to have all that. Maybe it's nice and simple. We have two people and that's fine too. Then there's going to be a section about financing the company. How is the company going to be financed? How much money are we putting in as shareholders if we are? Is is this a loan that I'm putting into the business or is it equity that I'm putting into the business? Uh, are, and if it's a loan, is it going to be interest-bearing loan, which means I'm going to get paid interest on it? Are they going to be secured? Like that means collateral. Do I have to, there has to be collateral put up for it. What are going to be the repayment terms? Uh, what if we do third-party financing? What if we get a loan from the bank or we get a loan from an uh, angel investor or, or pr- uh, private investor, whatever? What's the same terms? Same questions on that. Same. What are the terms on it? And what happens if we need more money? How's that going to be looked after? Then there's going to be a personal commitment. So what are the shareholders going to contribute? What are we going to contribute other than just money? Who works in the business? Maybe I'm a private or I'm a silent shareholder. So you're going to work in the business and I'm just going to do the stuff behind the scenes. Maybe I'm just the money one, right? Maybe I'm just the partner that provides the money. You're the one that runs the company. How, what are the responsibilities going to be? How are our salaries going to be set? Are we going to get paid? Kind of by the idea of being in business, we want to get paid. Um, any kind of special covenants, like like a non-compete, for example, that would be one. Um, anything, those personal commitments. Then we're going to have decision-making. So who's going to make decisions? How many votes do you get? These are all questions that are in our shareholder agreement. I think it's exciting, it's fascinating, it's overwhelming, it's scary for anybody that's just hearing it for the first time, but it's so cool because you are setting up a success plan for your business, for you and your family, for your partner, your business partner and their family. It's great. Then we're going to have a section about distributing profits because obviously we're going to go into business with the expectation of making money. So if we make money and there's profit left over at the end of it, what are we going to do with it? How do we get it? How does it get divided up? Do we... What happens if we don't agree on it? Is there an arbitration? Is there mediation? Do we call our mom and let her flip a coin? Like, what's going to be our resolution? And that's what comes into another section of resolving deadlock. So if you have, uh, we just absolutely can't agree on it, what's going to happen? And then there's going to be a section in there that's going to be something called a shotgun clause. So if you've ever heard of that, for those of you in Texas, that's not what you're thinking, I'm pretty sure. So a shotgun clause is the where it gets enacted. It's a buy-sell agreement where any shareholder that wishes to sell his or her shares or an, um, you have an irreconcilable disagreement on a fundamental issue. And that's part of how the corporation gets broken down and between the shareholders. A sale can be forced by the sell of the holdings of one shareholder to the other. So a shotgun agreement or shotgun clause is where you force a sale of me buying you out or you buying me out. So that's going to be in how we resolve deadlock. Then there's going to be something called a section on voluntary withdrawal. So I don't want to be in the business anymore. It's nothing personal. I like you. We're still friends. I just don't want to do this anymore. I want There's another opportunity or I just don't want to do anything for a while. So what happens? Do we wind up the company? Do we sell it to a third party? Can I sell my shares to a third party without you? This is what our agreement's going to tell me. 
are there any restrictions? Like you can't do it in the first few years or I can't do it at a certain stage in the agreement. So these are all the questions that we're going to answer before we get started. Then there's going to be an involuntary withdrawal. So what if one of the shareholders wants to force out the other shareholder? How do we enact the shotgun clause? How do we sell the whole business? Or how do we wind up the company? Same questions, only it's not voluntary. Um, then there's going to be other special considerations like selling out. Can a majority shareholder force the minority shareholder if it's not 50-50? What are the conditions? Um, what would in, what would it include to carry along the provision if a minority wants to be forced out? Um, all kinds of different special considerations. Then we're going to have a section on how to manage a shareholder in default. So what if I was supposed to put money in and I didn't? How are we going to handle that? We're going to have a section on it. How are we going to manage the employee shareholder? So what happens if a shareholder of the company is also an employee and the employee gets fired? So maybe we've sold, we have a, an employee who's got, you know, five or 10% in the company. Then what? Are they forced to sell? Are they, what if they're not fired for just cause? Yeah, there's a whole lot of, uh, messiness that we can get involved in there. So these are all parts of the clauses that we're going to look at. There's a disability of the shareholder clause, like what happens if I, one of the partners becomes disabled or sick? How does we deal with their salary? How do we deal with the profit? How do we deal with the employment part of it? If there's a death of a shareholder, what happens if there's a, you know, one of the partners dies unexpectedly? How do we buy them out and deal with their estate? Uh, how are the shares valued? How's the purchase price valued? What are the payment terms? That's when insurance is actually really, really cool. We could do a whole show on that, which I would be excited about because I love insurance. I think it's one of the best things out there. But do we do it with an insurance policy or how does that work? And then we have any other considerations that we need to talk about with the shareholder agreement. So this can be anything. This is the nice thing. This is where you have that conversation and you talk about it and the communication's open and we can put anything we want into it. And with that, we're going to take our last break of the night and come back and, and wrap up our conversation about shareholder agreements and what else we can expect on the show. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we are going to finish our conversation, at least for tonight, about the shareholder agreement. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust.
This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and you are listening to Financially Speaking. And today we were talking about shareholder agreements or partnership agreements and why they were important, why they are important, and how they can be a great success plan for your business. They're really, I I think they're just a requirement, in my opinion. I know they're not a requirement, and I know that a lot of people don't do them, but I think a lot of people should do them because it just puts into perspective everything that you're going to be doing in your business, and it gives you such a great opportunity to talk to your partner in a way that you might not otherwise think to, not because you're you're being deceptive or anything like that. It's just because you don't always think of these things until they come up. And it's so much nicer. If you think about how a lot of these businesses that are successful when you, when you, it doesn't matter, big or small, local or international, when you think about these businesses and you look at these ones that are successful, you think, gosh, how do they do that? I can tell you from what I've seen, the successful ones are ones that have a very clear path. They're, they have a very clear organized, um, way of communicating with each other and it's because they have it written down in advance and they have that conversation before they need to have that conversation. It's so much easier to sit down with someone and say, oh, this has come up. Now we have an opportunity to grow or or expand or buy a new company or or we need financing or um, I want to move on and do something else. So these are all things that have already had the conversation take place. We're like, oh, yeah, okay. All we have to do is look that up. So it makes life easy and it makes life a lot less stressful. And wouldn't it be nice if you're going into business with your partner, your friend, your cousin, relative, doesn't matter who it is. If you can have all this nice and neat and tidy and organized before you go into business so that you can preserve the friendship or preserve the relationship in case they don't want to be in business with you. Because being in business is emotional. You go into it with your best friend or your cousin or your sibling and you go into it and you might have the best, both of you go into it with the best intentions and you want to go full tilt and, and grow it and, and become the next Amazon or whatever it is. But your partner's thinking, I'm, you know, now that we're in it, I don't love it like I thought I was going to. And instead of losing that friendship or that relationship with your cousin or sibling and never speaking to them again, you now have it in writing. You have an agreement. You have a plan to say, I'm not loving it the way I thought I would. And I wanted to just say, let you know that we should really look at that clause that talks about what to do to get me out. And let's work towards that because we already know what the path is going to be. So we just have to follow that path. And nobody can, you know, Hopefully, nobody gets gets mad at each other. You don't lose the friendship. You can just look at it and say, okay, here's the path. This is what's supposed to happen. This is how I'm supposed to buy you out or this is how you're supposed to exit the company or this is how you're supposed to retire or this is how our succession plan is supposed to work. So let's have a look at that and just put it into place. And there you go. Conflict resolved before it even starts. And I think that's one of the beauties of a of an agreement 
And, you know, people, it's very similar. We, I mentioned before, it's very similar to a, a prenup agreement for uh, before you get married. And some people feel strongly for, some people feel strongly against. I, My own opinion is just do what's right for you and what's fair for each other and have the plan in place so that when something does come up, because I can tell you, something always comes up. Spend enough time in business with your partner and something's going to come up. You're not going to like the person they end up marrying. You're not going to like somebody that they date. You're not going to like their kids. You're not going to like what path they've taken because they grew their hair or cut their hair. You're not going to like that they started to live this flamboyant lifestyle and they're buying these big houses and living beyond their means and and you're whatever it is, there's something you're eventually going to be questioning about with that person that you're in business with. And this is going to have a conflict resolution already built in for when you need it. So that's what a shareholder agreement is in a nutshell. There's uh, there's no straight line. There's a lot of parts to it. There's a lot of pieces you can put into it. There's a lot of modifications you can make to it. And it's just a really great foundation for you in your business whether it's a, a small business right now that you're just starting out, whether it's a, a business that you're already in that doesn't have an agreement, but you're at that point where you really should get something in place. So let's do do that. Let's work on that. Let's get that in place. Now's a good time. Let's talk about all this stuff. Yeah, we should have had this in place, but so what? We don't, we don't, we, so we're going to do it now. So let's work on that. So there's lots of opportunities for you at some point, depending on the size, uh, you're probably going to need a lawyer to help with it just to make sure that it's all correctly set up and, and legalized. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not saying you can't do it yourself. You certainly could. But uh, you want to make sure that to be safe, it's all set up with the proper laws in your state, your 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 country, or whatever your the case is. If you're planning on being an international company, well, then you're going to have to take into account that. So that's my take on it. I hope I broke it down to make it a little bit easier for you, at least give you something to think about, to move forward, to make your life happy and stress-free. And that's what we do here. So join us every week on Financially Speaking, where we just take one tough topic potentially and break it down to make it very simple as we know it can be. So until we see you again next week, enjoy your financial times. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.